This is the Pick of the Bunch by Basic Bananas, where we share the pick of the bunch when it comes to marketing, business, and people. Hi, and welcome back to Basic Bananas Radio. Today, I am super excited to talk to Camille from the Brilliant Content Agency, who is also one of our fabulous Clever Bunch graduates and a genius when it comes to content marketing. And we're going to talk about the importance of content marketing and also the three key parts to creating your very own content plan. So let's jump straight in. Hey, Camille, thank you so much for coming back. Thank you for having me again. <laughs> how how um, funny you just mentioned actually that it's been like four or five years. Since we wanted a show. 2015. Yeah. So it was only yesterday. I know. I was quite shocked actually. I know. And and when was it that you did you graduated from the Clever Bunch? Must have been four years ago, maybe. Uh I did Clever Bunch and then I did Genius Bunch. So four five Well, I think I think it was 2014 when I did Clever Bunch. <laughs> Which sounds like a really long time ago. And and you run a, a business called the Brilliant Content Agency. So your specialty has always been over the last probably almost decade now, content uh, content marketing. And the reason why we wanted to chat again is because you know this concept has been around for so long, and it's been such a, a great marketing approach for many of our members. And Still, people sometimes are getting a bit confused about this whole content marketing thing. What is it and how does, do I need to go about it? So maybe we just start with a very simple question, and that is, what is content marketing? Yeah, it's a good question to start with, too, because I think people get caught up a lot in things like, what am I going to put on social media? Should I start a podcast? Uh, what do I do on LinkedIn? Oh, my goodness, should I be on Twitter? And really that they kind of need to take a step back and look at the fuel that will drive all of those things. And that's where content comes in. And so when, when you've kind of got a really well-developed uh, and well-thought-out content strategy, all those things cease to be a problem because you have something to put on LinkedIn and on Facebook and on Instagram and for your paid ads, for your organic traffic, you know, your lead generation campaigns, everything becomes much, much easier as soon as you understand what that content set is for your business. And I think the other thing to really understand is there's no kind of cookie cutter way of doing this. A a content strategy is a bit like a thumbprint for a business. It's absolutely unique to, uh, you know, who you're doing it for, what you're doing and who you are. And when you combine all those things, you kind of end up with this very unique uh, set of content that you can then use to uh, attract the people that you want to attract. Yeah, exactly. And and so really in, in super simple terms for our listeners, content marketing is basically using really good content to attract more customers and to educate customers about your business, your knowledge, and for them to want to engage with you. And, and so the, the second question, and then we'll share a, a framework here, is why should businesses pay attention to this? Why should why should they care about content marketing one? Why should they have a little bit of a, a strategy rather than being super scattered about it? Um, I think the the easy answer to that is the um, an offline business has a shop front, and people can walk in and 
you know, people spend a lot of time decorating their shop and making, you know, setting it all out and displaying their wares, whereas online businesses don't necessarily have that. And, and a shop will have a, a shopkeeper, a person who's standing there to greet you. So when you're online, you don't know who's coming to your website or where they're finding you. So if you Google, um, you know, I Googled myself the other day for the first time ever, and I was kind of shocked at what came up there were things that you know came up from 10 years ago that I'd completely forgotten about so unless you're really in control of the content that's going out there you don't really know what people are finding um, and what they're seeing nor what their impression of you is so it is a really really important thing to work to work out um, you know how you want to be represented online uh, when people find you uh, and that includes where they find you. So really understanding where your audience is and then giving them the stuff that you know that they want. And a little bit of that as well is um, you know, using content as a filter to filter out the people that aren't right for your business, that aren't a good fit. So um, that's also, you know, when you do it right, it, it kind of works both ways. Yeah, I think that's a really good, a really good point about taking control of, of the perception that people have of you and your business because otherwise you other people will other people's content about you will show up when you google yourself when i i think all of our listeners right now you should do when you have a second on your computer or your iphone do google your name or your business name and see what comes up and often of course linkedin comes up very high and also if you have had any pr or podcast interviews like these you would also come up pretty high so it's very interesting to see what is being said and how and where yeah, exactly. So, so really being in control of that is is really important, and and being there. There's nothing worse than not coming up at all. I think. Yeah. And I, I think that's a lot of people are kind of hesitant to get started with content, and it's like, no, you really do need to have something out there because otherwise, you you literally become invisible. And particularly now, I think this year, you know, a huge amount of businesses have gone online 100. percent and in order for them really to thrive in the next 12 months, I think content's going to be really key. Yeah, I agree. So, so in terms of getting started, or if people are already doing a little bit of this stuff, what, what sort of strategy can we share with our listeners? Okay, so I think the, it really comes down to doing a little bit of groundwork before you actually get started with putting content out there. And it's, it's not even that difficult. Um, so there's three kind of key steps to take. Um, the first one is to develop uh, for your brand a copy style guide or a communication style guide. And within that guide, there's kind of three really main uh, components. And one is your audience and really defining who your audience are and uh, the kind, and then your offer. So where the intersection of who your audience are and what they need, um, which is your offer. And then you kind of overlay that with your brand voice, which is where you, you then become very unique. So you've kind of you've developed a very unique uh, representation of how you will communicate with people online. So there's a, you know, you go through the process of defining those three things and that's your, your copy style guide. And the, there's things that you add into the style guide, such as your own brand dictionary. So a lot of businesses will um, have particular words that they do like to use and words that they don't like to use. Um, some of those words are uh, industry specific. Uh, some of them are just preferences. And then you can add in more things, 
more layers to that. So things like um, the tone of voice. So if you're if you've looked at your audience really closely and worked out that they're generally of a growth mindset, then you're usually going to use quite positive uh, goal-oriented language uh, to communicate with them because that's what they that's the kind of attitude that they have. And so if you can tap into things like that then your content will be much, much more engaging for the people that you want to attract. Um, then if you're at the other end of the scale and you're trying to help people who are in a lot of pain and they're trying to get away from pain, they're going to respond a lot more to people who identify with them exactly where they are. So people who are suffering from back pain, chronic back pain, aren't really looking to run a marathon. They're looking to you know, really just get out of bed and get through the day. So there's a different type of language that you would use around that. And so the copy style guide is used to define all those things as much as possible um, within there. And then that then becomes the Bible for uh, if you're going to use an external writer, then they, they get that copy style guide and that forms the basis of, of their knowledge in, when they're uh, creating content for you. So that's kind of the first step. And I might quickly give any, a practical example here. So if you look at Basic Bananas and, and everyone listening, obviously, you know us inside and out, some, some of you. you look at, at these three components. So audience, we work with small businesses. Our offer, the main offer is the Clever Bunch and then Genius Bunch once you graduate from Clever Bunch. And then the tone of voice, one, one of our key elements of that is playfulness. So when we create content, and we don't always nail it, but we try when we create content for social channels or for our blog or for anything that we do, we do try to have a little bit of an element of playfulness in there. So sometimes we write, you know, we have our, our team here, our social media team, they write content and then we go over it and be like, okay, how can we add a little bit of sparkle? So how can we add a little bit of playfulness to make it more like us? So that's a really practical example. And, and real quick, what Camille also mentioned is the, you know, moving away from pain or moving to, towards pleasure. And one thing that, that we generally do also is use a, a mixture of both because some people are motivated by moving away from pleasure as, as, as you said, and some people are motivated by moving away, moving towards pleasure and some people are motivated by moving away from pain. So we actually use a combination of, of both so that we sort of cover a larger demographic. Yeah, that really comes from knowing who your audience is as well. So. It's, you know, when you've got a kind of, um, I think it's called a horizontal band rather than a niche, a vertical niche, you can, you do slightly different things. And what, what you're saying is, yes, you need to kind of uh, spread across both of those ends of that scale so that you, you're catching all the people who do need the service, need the clever bunch. Yeah, exactly. And then what's the next element? So the next bit then is to map out the, the kind of key themes that your uh, business will be dealing with over the next 12 months. So I wouldn't really recommend going beyond 12 months because, you know, as we've seen, things can change quite dramatically. So if you can map out 12 months and break the year into um, chunks or themes, so some, some businesses might do six-month themes and only have two, Others might have uh, quarterly themes and then they'd have four. But just look at the things that you really want uh, that, that would happen in your business. So if you're um, a, an accounting company, for example, then obviously end of year, June 30 is a big time for you. Now, 
you can use use the quarterly things and then you know so the first quarter would be business planning for example the second quarter is then gearing up for end of year the third quarter then becomes um you know financial planning for the next 12 months and then christmas is often cash flow over christmas so that's that's how they would potentially break that up now once you've decided on what the key themes are you then step back a whole quarter and start developing the content so that it is going to be published before you hit the theme quarter or the theme month. And that means that you're pre-seeding ideas and concepts in people's heads. And back to the accountant example, if, for example, your, your people turn up every year on June 30 and there's always something missing from their paperwork, then you would start in March developing the content to publish in April and May that helps them understand how not to hit that block again the next year. So then the idea is then they would turn up with that particular thing done and complete and ready to make your job easier. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so, so, but you are, you kind of work, it, it, what it does is then it helps you work out what your content assets are going to be. And it, it sorts out your production schedule really easily because you know that if that's when the thing happens, this is when you want them to think about it. Therefore, we have to have that created over here, signed off, ready to publish. Yeah, and that's definitely one of the, the challenges that we see, obviously, a lot of businesses have is that they don't plan in advance and then suddenly a promotion is upon them or, or a seasonal change and they're not ready because they haven't thought about that. So actually mapping out the next six to 12 months in terms of content themes and, and product launches and anything that is coming up is super useful to not miss any of that. Yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of those themes are repeatable as well. So when we say, you know, don't don't go out past 12 months, but, you know, the following year you can look at it and go, okay, so, you know, 50% of the content assets that we put out last year are actually still relevant this year. And so that's half your content schedule sorted again, um, which makes it easier as you go through. So it's kind of one of those things that's intense first up, but once you get rolling, it becomes less and less. Um, and you can start reusing things. Exactly. And then the, the last step is really just working out how you're going to actually create the assets. Um, so whether it's video or podcasts or um, written work, um, one of the things that uh, I'm finding a lot now is that outsourcing to a writer is probably one of the smartest delegation tasks that businesses can do, even if you're a small business. If writing's not your jam, it's it's a really hard thing to to get through, um, as well as running your business and you know doing all the things that you need to do. So, um, yeah, that's and that's where that copy style guide becomes really valuable. Yeah, and the the good thing about this is you can invest in in working with someone who is really good at writing, and then you can repurpose that content. So you have somebody who is really good with with words, for example, and then you might repurpose that to to do other things, to to video, to having snippets on social media. So it's it can be a, a, a very good investment if the content is being reused for different things. Yeah, I mean, I, I see a lot of people now doing um, podcasts with video. So, you know, side-by-side Zoom um, type situation. That can then be turned into a straight audio file. It can be transcribed into an article, and there you've got three pieces of content just from the one, the one thing. Um, and then you know, if you're using, uh, uh, I don't know if you've seen Subly. No. Seen? 
Ah, oh, so <laughs> Subly's great. Subly is you you upload your video and it transcribes the audio into subtitles, but you can edit it so that you can take out the ums and ahs and make it read more smoothly than it's um, it might be spoken. So so you can easily then take snippets of that and turn them into little social media grabs that you can put up on Facebook and places like that, but it's got the little subtitles. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. Is it Subly, S-U-B-L-Y? I think so, yes. I think so, .com. Yeah, my team, I'll look it up while we talk, but my team uses something else, I think, called uh, Kipching or something like that. They use a different one for, for subtitles, but I'm going to check this one out. Yeah, check it, check it out. It's super easy to use. Uh, this come up as Subly. Maybe I quickly see if you can find it so we can share it with our audience. Yeah, let me just quickly. And while you do do that, I'll just keep talking a little bit. The other thing also, while, while Camille finds the link for you for this one, because it's a good tool for, for you all to know about, the one that I, that I mentioned, I think it's called Kitching. I'll, I'll um, find it for you too, for, and I'll share it on, in another podcast. And the other thing that when you write this content that Camille is talking about with the you know, different assets, whether it is video or audio or snippets for, for your social media channels. What we usually also say is start with the, if you don't outsource, start with the, the media that you, the medium that you like most. So you might really enjoy audio, recording yourself while you're walking on the beach or walking in the forest or, you know, standing somewhere, or you might prefer to write you might prefer the written word for yourself or you might prefer a video. And so whichever is your favorite option that comes naturally to you, start with that and then, you know, use a website like this one to then transcribe or to, to for your words, for your audio words to be written into an article. Yeah, so it's get subly. Okay, great. Yeah, get dot com. Okay. Um, and then the other one that's really good, and, and you make a really good point there, a lot of people uh, will speak happily but aren't comfortable writing. And there's that nifty little app called Otter, which takes your words and turns it into a, a document straight up. Yes, I have heard of it. I haven't used it myself, but I have heard, uh, otter.ai, that one. Yeah, yes, that's the one. And it, I think it learns your, um, it learns your speech patterns. Yes, you know, like it's it's kind of artificial intelligence in the sense where it's you know it, it starts to pick up words and it becomes more and more accurate. Um, I don't know if we're allowed to swear on this show, but we um we tried it out as a family <laughs> one night. I put it in the middle of the dinner table, and one of my children um, said a swear word, and mm-hmm. it didn't pick it up. And oh, really? Yeah, it didn't pick it up, and it didn't pick it up three times. And then the fourth time, she said it again, and suddenly it picked it up. Oh, I realized that it was actually learning the words. Yeah, maybe didn't want to, maybe doesn't know swear words, which is quite nice. So you have to teach it that first. Yes. Yeah. I was just, you know, upsetting that it was my 13 year old that was teaching. <laughs> I love that. So that's really useful. Those two tools are, are gets up, gets up subly. So G E T S U B L Y and then otter.ai. Are yeah. there any other final? tips or tricks that you would love to share with our audience? Uh, No, I think that's, that's about it. All I've got up my sleeve for today. Um, The um, yeah, I think those two, those two apps are really uh, good little hacks to have up your sleeve. And I think what you were saying earlier as well, stick with the thing that you're good at to start with. Um, And I know a lot of people 
uh, are happier on video than writing. Yeah, writing, people yeah. like video. So I always say, well, if you don't like video, don't worry about it or get someone else in front of the camera. You know, video is obviously a really good format. Right now, video views, YouTube has gone up. The, you know, people using video as a, a media that they consume has gone up drastically throughout the pandemic. But if you don't like it, don't do it or get someone else in front of the camera. Yeah, and also for voiceovers, the same. A lot of people are reluctant to do voiceovers, or, you know, to speak um, even over slides and things like that. And that's another really good one that people kind of don't... Um, don't think of when they're creating content assets is having a you know a pdf slideshow and just having a voiceover and using something like loom to record it yeah loom is another really good tool actually we use that also to to give feedback for for our design work etc so loom check out loom too it's a video a video software that you can yeah. great awesome yeah. this is super helpful where can people connect with you do you want people to connect on linkedin or where where we like yeah linkedin linkedin is good linkedin's my kind of um uh, my home base these days um and the brilliantcontentagency.com uh is where you can find out more there um we've got some lots of free goodies and things up there so um we've got a free content strategy training module um at the moment so you can go and find that there and that expands on what we've spoken about today. So great. And I'll put the links also in the show notes. So again, thank you so much for joining me, Camille, and you, the listener, thank you for, as always, for showing up and hopefully implementing some of the learnings you get here every week. It's been an interesting and crazy and well, all sorts of emotions year this year. <laughs> <laughs> to an end. And Thank you. Again, if, if you enjoy this show, we would totally love for you to leave a review, a five-star one, please. And we'll see you again next week. Thank you. To get more from Basic Bananas and to learn new ways to grow your business with clever marketing, visit basicbananas.com.